pair of old slippers. Oh, that's a nice way to think of it. Yeah. With weddings on the band list and funerals scaled right back, business looked bleak for celebrants Kate Dyer and Kate Tim when Covid hit in 2020. But they used the luxury of the time they had to take a cold, hard look at what they did and how they did it. And now, as life gets back to something closer to normality, the Kates are approaching things with a spring in their step and a newfound confidence in what they do. I met up with them recently to hear, amongst other things, about the series of online trading courses they've developed that are helping celebrants up and down the country take control, develop their skills, and to learn how the Kates and Hastings set out to create their beacons of loveliness. My name's Stuart Bailey, and this is Hastings in Focus. As we're coming out of the whole sort of COVID-19, and we hope we're coming out of the whole COVID-19 situation and restrictions are easing off, looking back in 2020, for people who make their living out of events like funerals and weddings, it must have been a pretty tough year. Oh, it was really tough, yes, wasn't it? it was. Strange times. I mean, obviously, the weddings, um, the bottom fell out of that side of the business straight away. Um, so we lost a lot of weddings. So that's all been put on hold. We didn't lose them, did we? They, well, mainly them, they bumped. I mean, well, some bumped. Three or four times, yeah. poor loves. And okay. they're so excited mm. that we can put yeah. on a posh frock and be together you know with their families and friends and and celebrating a happy occasion and we so need it mm. yes and we've been meeting wedding couples which has been really weird because it was you know we just used to do that and know exactly what we were saying and exactly what we were talking about and now I've, I'm there like staring at a checklist going oh what is it I've got to say to them but it's like riding a bike you get back yeah. on oh and it's God, just it's yeah and it's so going to be really lovely. lovely we just need the weather to sort itself out yeah we've got some lovely couples yeah. we're lucky girls aren't we we are and eBay has had a lot of business off us recently. Yeah, well, that's top tip to any listeners if they need a, an occasional dress or an outfit because they've been able to wear wear them the oh, last year. Of course, year. yes. You can get such a good bargain for, well, I, I won't pay any more than a tenner for a very nice dress. So you could get a lovely dress for less than £100. <laughs> I've actually, she has to teach me how to do eBay. I didn't know how to do it and I'm still not that good. She swoops I in at the last it. minute and on the bag, And bags yeah. the bargains. Does. My heart rate goes. Yeah. That's the way to do it. You got to sit there for the last minute. Yeah, yeah. I'm the seconds, yeah. the last few seconds. I am really good at it. So mm. if you need yeah any top tips, then come to me. Could be a new bit of training we could go into. Don't don't, don't <laughs> encourage you. No, enough. For, We're doing enough. For your wedding party from eBay with Kate and Kate. Yes. 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 Oh, oh yeah. You put my ears pricked up there. <laughs> The other side of the business, of course, are your funerals, and and that also links into uh, Coffin Club, which you, you run as well. That, again, must have been difficult and for very different reasons, because funerals couldn't stop for obvious reasons, but people were very limited by the numbers they could have, and that must have been very difficult for so many families. Yeah, I think Kate and I have had um, quite different experiences. Initially, when it was only six could um, go to a funeral service and we were seeing all the families on Zoom, which was quite new to everybody, um, 
It you, was, for, you forget that how new Zoom was. It was, yeah. and it was so difficult. Um, you, you know, speaking via a computer screen about something, it, it, it made it really hard. And only having six people at a funeral service was just so sad with the mask. Nobody knew what was going on. It was quite frightening, in mm. fact, initially. Yeah. Uh, so, And it, we felt so sad. It didn't feel like you were actually helping families at all in that grieving process. So Kate and I actually took a step back initially and said, we don't... We, we don't want to do them in the these mm. circumstances. Well, my daughter was really ill. We took a little bit of time out because I needed to wear my mum hat. Um, and then I guess people sort of got slightly used to the whole COVID situation. Yeah. I tend to get more families wanting to um, hold a celebration of life in, a, in an alternative venue. Mm. I think it's fair to say you get more kind of conventional yeah, conventional absolutely. approaches to funerals. Um, and I still did manage to do that because funerals, um, as long as you still stuck to the same rules for funerals, it didn't matter where you were hosting the ceremony. Um, so I still managed to do uh, some in alternative settings, which was really fantastic. I mean, I had one in powder mills which was actually between the lockdowns wasn't it and it was a really yeah. sunny day and um it was like a desert island discs so there were literally 25 pieces of music i mean we didn't play each one in full we faded them out but it was kind of the story of the guy's life through um his music collection which was just magical and then uh everyone stayed for a cream tea immediately afterwards and then I went with immediate family only to Wealdon Crematorium for a family only committal. So that's literally just the same goodbye bit. Um, it was just really, really lovely. So uh, there were still little beacons of loveliness. And also, I think for some people, um, the pared downness actually worked, didn't it, for some people? I think it, it, for a lot of my families, they they loved it that there was a restriction of 30 people. So only the people that were really important to mm -hmm. to them could come and they had a reason of why to keep it, it yeah. smaller. So, yeah, for me, I found it, the whole thing, it, it was rather lovely. Yeah. I, I enjoyed the smaller setting, whereas you perhaps didn't feel that the same as me? Um, I, well, I didn't as long as it was all right for that family, but I had more families who would have had a bigger, uh, uh, you know, a larger attendance, and they weren't able to do that, and I think they felt that. They I felt think. cheated, I think, I think they, they did. I think they felt sad, and a lot of people have said, um, oh, we'll do a memorial service at a later date. I'll, I'll be kind of interested to see if they do. I think it would be lovely if they did, but I think there's a slight, there's a feeling of closure at a funeral, isn't there? Mm. You've underlined that bit, and almost to come back to it, I don't know how easy that will be for people. But, but you know, maybe some people will, and that will be... 
Well, I think right. it, some people were really creative, weren't they, with like lining the streets of the route that yeah. the hearse went down, or um, even outside the crematorium, the people were waiting outside and afterwards. So there was different mm. ways of marking respect with larger groups. No, it was. Yeah, and actually, do you remember my friend who um, I wrote the script and then because it was only going to be literally her, her mum, her sister and her brother, she then actually conducted it Mm. and she said it was really nice because it felt so intimate because it was just the four of them. Yeah, Mm. and they had a motorbike hearse because he was into bikes. So it's kind of personalised but really intimate and lovely. And the thing is, because they're in a bubble, they could even take their masks off. I think masks have been quite a... a it's, it's weird, really hard. isn't it? You can't judge. It's can't like that barrier between people. Mm. You think eye contact is the mm. thing, don't you? But actually, if you can't see people's mouths, it's very difficult to read facial expressions. Yeah, you, you can't tell whether someone's smiling you really no, you, are, but... no. You, you would think you could mm. with eyes but you actually can't and if you're a funeral celebrant you know part of the skill is reading the room is seeing where you can pitch it in terms of you know are people very distressed can I go a bit happier because this is a story about a happy time in the person's life and it's really difficult isn't it to know where you can place your tone when you can't read people's Mm. expressions so that's been quite challenging hasn't it i think also not being able to have a wake or a bonfire as we call it afterwards was really that was very hard because you came out Mm. and then there was nowhere to go go. cold it was really and you difficult wasn't it you've done the hard 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 bit which is the funeral and you know those curtains closing and the walking away is so hard for people i don't know hugging i mean we're real huggers aren't we yeah it was that was hard not even shaking hat not even being able to do anything and they've got that element of relief that it's all over but then they're just stood in a car park going Oh, okay then. I was about to ask you specifically about the hugging because it's such a sort of natural, spontaneous human human emotion. If someone's in distress, you put your arm around them, whatever. Not having been able to do that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Once or twice at the beginning, I not forgot, but it's just what you naturally do. I did it once because um, it was so tragic what had happened to this family they lost two grown-up sons within two weeks of each other both in tragic circumstances it was so awful and the mum was so broken Mm. obviously and yeah I just I couldn't I just you could could not not. I just yeah and Part of me was thinking, oh, and the other part of me just, I thought, you know what, you just, not hugging was hard. It has been really difficult and Mm. I can only imagine the repercussions that are going to come. And actually families, often they did hug, didn't they? They did. Mm. And I completely understand that because, you know, I think they probably thought, I don't even care. You know, the the worst thing that's possibly happened to me has happened. happened. And, and in those care. circumstances... Yeah, yeah, I completely understand. I really, really do. 
Going back to that funeral you spoke about where there were the 25 pieces of music, yeah. I mean, you talk a lot about this idea of making sure people know what options they have. Mm. I mean, was that a funeral that the, the the dead person, the deceased, had they worked out that music or was that the family who'd sorted no, that, that out? No, that was his partner. And I mean, that was an absolute case in point that she knew me and she knew that this was what I was now doing. So she phoned me when he'd died just to sort of say oh is that what you're doing and would you be the celebrant but I think she had in her mind half an hour at the crematorium because I don't think she knew there was any well I know she didn't because I then talked to her <laughs> she explained yes it. and said did you know that you could be in a different venue that that means there's no time restriction that you can then have any content that you would like you know um it's not that you can't have live music or audio-visual at the crematorium, but it's much more difficult to set up within that time frame. Um, so, yeah, so once she realised that she could do that, and we were between the two lockdowns, so August, she just became really creative. And we worked with Holly, who's a really forward-thinking funeral director, she actually even did, did the care of the body via Zoom so that the lady could actually could be involved. yes be involved and watch her partner um, being cared for, so which was pretty, you know, that's a, that's spectacular. A, that's amazing. It's in, it's yeah, amazing. and she said she was a little bit kind of unsure, but she thought, well, if I don't like it, I can just Switch press on. the end meeting. And she said, but actually she found it really lovely and very reassuring. And we were talking just a couple of minutes ago about how Zoom was so very new to yeah. us this time yeah. last year. And very quickly we were finding those creative ways to yes. use it. And now even sometimes, now that we sort of can meet, you know, or we can meet in a garden or we can meet here with all the doors open, people sometimes are still opting for Zoom because they've mm. kind of got used yeah. to it. Not so much um, in the funeral world well, but in weddings, weddings a little bit mm. but yeah so you know I mean that's the thing Stuart I think we get completely evangelical about you know different ways of doing funerals um I mean locally I've done a couple recently at Swallows Oast in Ticehurst and it is just such a beautiful setting you know they've got this lovely little woodland dell they've got a gorgeous on if the weather's bad um and it's absolutely beautiful mm. and it isn't incredibly expensive i mean and I only, you only go to the crematorium for one thing yep. and so just changing the venue even if you're keeping the structure of the service quite conventional completely changes the whole Everything. feeling C completely mm. does yeah. um and yes yeah, swallows those do it very beautifully don't yeah. they and it's not like, you know, we're not talking about, ooh, put the fun in funerals. You know, we are not saying that. Funerals are incredibly sad. And, you know, if they're coming from a place of love and somebody has died who is very loved, that's incredibly difficult for the people who are left behind. But a funeral done well can be a really joyful and you know and really help with the grief yeah process. helpful experience a funeral done badly or even in a sort of mediocre way 
does not have the same effect in this process. So, you know, it's not just about, oh, we want to put the fun in funerals. It's not about that. It's actually about them being meaningful and... Um, and empowering families as well to actually plan. It's about genuinely creating an event that honours the person who's died, that, re- that reflects their life. Yeah, completely. We're all so different, so, you know, in life, so why should we not be different? In I had a funeral recently and everyone was in jeans and heavy metal T-shirts. Because Did you? that's what the guy... No, I didn't. That's what the guy had um, been in. I would have done, but I hadn't been given the heads up on that. Um, and it was mainly metal that was played as a sort of musical choices. And, you know, why not? And it's not like it's a drastic change. You know, we're not talking about drastic changes. We're not talking about fire eaters and dancing girls. I mean, you can have that if you like. But on the whole, we're talking about still, you know, what you would see as a recognisable funeral service. It would follow the same path. We're not talking fire eaters and dancing girls. We're talking a ceremony that would still have the recognisable elements of a funeral ceremony. It would still take you on the same journey that a funeral service would conventionally follow. It's just you can be freer, um, A, because you've got no time restrictions, and it just, like Kate says, it's atmospherically different, isn't it? And I think we've got braver, haven't we? We've got more confident about really reflecting genuinely what people say to us so that it's a genuine... Because quite often people say, oh, don't put that in, don't they? Yeah. Oh, he was like this, that and the other. Oh, but don't put that in. And we've got a bit braver about putting it in. You you want them warts and all, don't you? You want those little bits of the personality Mm. to to come out. Yeah, exactly. And also, being at a different venue... um, People, if you're a crematorium, people don't know quite how to behave and they're quite awkward and talking in hushed tones and and uh, almost like you've gone back to school and you... you it's strange, aren't yeah, they? They, they almost ask permission, don't they? Can I do this? Can I do that? Or at a venue, yeah. especially if the coffin's in situ, initially they may be like, oh, the coffin's actually there. But after the, the initial... Ooh, they completely relax, yeah. don't they? And it just, ch- everybody's relaxed. It completely changes yeah. how everybody feels. And they, they lean on the coffin, they yeah. talk to the coffin. The, that person is central to the whole proceedings. It, it completely changes That it. is a huge difference, actually, isn't it? It really is. I mean, have you, I think more people are choosing different coffins now, don't you? Definitely. Yeah. I think when we mm. started, nearly everyone had the off-the-shelf kind of veneered with the plastic brass handles. Now, I, I, I'd i say there's loads more like Willow and Wicker, isn't there? Which always looks very beautiful. Oh, definitely, yeah. It is changing, isn't mm. it? It absolutely but is. But I think you're right. When that coffin is on the catafalque at the creme, it's... So you have to tell them what the catafalque it's is. It's the plinth that the coffin sits on at the front. You're just showing off now, aren't you, with your big <laughs> words. Big, big words, yeah. yes. Um, and those heavy velvet curtains and then there's the little wooden gate in front of it and it feels absolutely unapproachable it's almost like it's been designed to not be approached because the gate the gate does that it puts a barrier in place that people are almost afraid to 
go people beyond. People do think that. They think they can't touch the coffin. In COVID times, they couldn't. No. But you absolutely can. Mm. Why should you not be able to? Why is it tucked away in the back somewhere? I don't, yeah, even that, it's, it's awkward to kind of get oh around it, gosh, isn't it? It's just so frustrating. Yeah. But this is all underpinning what you've talked about since I first met you mm. and kind of what Coffin Club was born for it's about making sure people know that they have those choices and it's not just you put the coin in the slot and here comes the standard funeral package yeah and off we go yeah i mean we don't have a problem with a standard funeral package at all don't if that's a, what people yeah, want yeah exactly that mm. it's you know no problem with a conventional funeral and with a single slot at the crematorium i think that can be equally as meaningful and lovely yeah everything yeah um but are you only there because you don't know you can do anything else and if you knew you could do something else would you be doing something Mm. else in which case you shouldn't be there (laughs) (laughs) oh i'm confused now (laughs) (laughs) yeah basically you know we don't want you to be at the crematorium um because you've just been channeled there. We want you to be there out of choice, that you know all the other choices, you know about the fire eaters and the dancing girls and the field and the barn and the social club and your back garden, and you've considered all of them and you've gone, no, what I want is a 20-minute service at the crematorium. We would go, brilliant, let's help you put that together. Because all, all the venues that we've been to um, on our, with our other hats as wedding celebrants... Um, we've spoke to them about hosting funeral services and all of them have said yes, absolutely. So there's an abundance of choice of places that you could hold a funeral with or without the coffin. We're so it, It's just huge. There are so many different choices. Mm, even the order that you do it in, you know, yeah. whether you whether you actually have a cremation first, whether the cremation is unattended, you know, you could do a direct cremation, whether the cremation is attended just by the family. I'd even done a funeral where it was half and half. We had the, we had a small service and committal at the crematorium and then we came back to the back garden and we continued the rest of the service in the back garden and then ate and drank and were merry. There are no rules around it as long as you do cremate or bury the person properly in in the final instance. And feel, and feel comfortable in doing what you're doing. Yeah, you know, completely. completely. I mean, when I first met you, and I, I remember um, I was at an event and you were coming to be speakers and there were leaflets on the table about Coffin Club. And I remember thinking, oh, someone's coming to, to try and sell us funeral insurance. <laughs> um, Au contraire. Well, exactly. But you were, and I think possibly are, still the only celebrants that I know. So oh. how do you get that enthusiasm that you have? How do you project that out and, and, and help other celebrants do what you're doing? Through Coffin Club UK, we do actually offer training. So we do celebrant training from scratch. But we also do what we call celebrant plus training, which is for existing celebrants. Um, Basically saying uh, we have a model that works um, where you can uh amplify your role so that you can support families in a fuller way um, and offer them more choice and support them in those choices 
still work with funeral directors, um, but quite often we are the first port of call. Mm. Um, and we talk through all the options and we can support families in making those options work for them. So we offer training now um, for other celebrants to work within that Celebrant Plus model. It's almost a movement now um, because funeral directors aren't going to change. So it's actually celebrants that need to change. So that's why we're getting the word out mm. to as many of them as we can mm. to show them a different way of working which works for us and we're very happy now with 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 how we work aren't we yeah because i think you know at first we were a bit like little round things trying to fit in a square hole <laughs> um trying to be the funeral celebrant that you know um we thought expected. we thought yeah. funeral directors expected us to be and that wasn't who we actually were so now that we work from a place that respects our own values our beliefs it, you know we're working in a really authentic way we we completely believe in everything that we're doing um it just changed everything um because I think, you know, people can tell, can't they? They can sniff out if you're not coming from a place of authenticity. And, you know, we now work in a way that's entirely authentic and we want other celebrants to be able to work in that way, not to be going, oh, I need to be a certain way because that's how funeral directors expect me to be. I tried for a year. I dyed my hair back to brown. brown. I wore um, smart suits from Marks and Spencers other shops are available but I tried <laughs> the pork shoes eBay of course um, hoping that maybe that was the way maybe I did need to conform mm. but it just made me very miserable and frustrated so yes. now yeah it, uh, I mean I feel empowered has that come through your own experience so as you do what you've been doing you build your confidence Completely. and you then feel confident not just to do it yourself but to absolutely because we are doing the best for our families we absolutely mm. are now um i think we moved at a different pace didn't we mm. and um i think because of my personality <laughs> um, shy and retiring shy and retiring um opinionated some might say um I've always been a self-employed person for my whole working life and uh, I saw being a funeral celebrant as another self-employed role. I then realised it kind of had been crowbarred into being a sort of employed role um, where I wasn't calling the shots um, and I found that really frustrating, especially because I could see that families were missing out. You know, they weren't being offered stuff that I thought they should have been offered. Mm. So I was really, like, chomping at the bit to just break free and um, start offering all this yeah. stuff and, you know, working in a more... Uh, in a broader way and a more authentic way. And Kate, meanwhile, was dyeing her hair brown. <laughs> I was trying, yeah. I, was, I, I didn't want to put my head above... Parapet, Parapet. Yeah. Um, it frightened me and I didn't want to, but Kate literally pulled me up 
and said, uh, uh, and I was frustrated. Something clicked, mm. and I, it had to be the right time for me as well. Yeah. But it was the right time, and well, and we had a chat, didn't we? Because we reached a point where I said, yeah, we "We're in business like together, mm. but we're working in different ways now." It wasn't easy, you know. I'm not the confident as confident as you, but I. And sometimes you just need something, you know, be it that conversation or something that happens or, or an event which just... Just ch- triggered. I mean, there couldn't be two Kate Tims uh, in our relationship <laughs> because they just couldn't be. There has to be. That's why we work. There couldn't know, be two work. Kate Tims full no. stop. No, gosh. <laughs> There's not room right. in the world yeah, for two of me. me. I'm, afraid. I'm, I'm very aware of how Uniqueness. big my, <laughs> my personality is. I... So, I Honestly, hats off to you for being able to work with me. Well, I just sort of take a deep breath, <laughs> reel you back in and off we go It takes again. a very strong woman to <laughs> put up with a woman as strong as me. <laughs> so how are you delivering that training? How are you... Well, first, how are you making other servants aware that that training is available? And then once you've made them aware they can do that, how are you delivering that? Well, social media, darling. We talk about it. A lot to everybody, but yeah, there are lots. There are lots of social media platforms yeah. and that kind of thing. Um, we're we're running it um, as online training, but live online training. So good old Zoom again. Other platforms are available. Um, are they? <laughs> I know you wouldn't know it, but they are. Fortunately for us, my brother-in-law is a, a course designer. So he's helped us make the courses really, they are tip-top, they are, aren't they? they? They're very professional. Yes, he made us be very clear about our aims. Proper business and, ladies. Yes, and the content is really good. It's not just us talking at people for two days. You know, there are breakout rooms, there are exercises. It's very interactive. Fun. Um, it is fun yeah what did you think i said i I thought you said fun but the way you said it was like really not fun fun. yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's really good fun taking taking the fun out (laughs) yeah she took the fun out of our fun (laughs) i don't quite know how you manage that yeah it's fun it's a skill <laughs> too, too many months trolling nails with Marks and Spencer's looking yeah. for the right twin set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've been I've been stuck in this office with that <laughs> for how many eight months? <laughs> Socially distant with the windows open. Of course, well, it's enough to drive anyone stark staring mm. mad. We're still doing our <laughs> master classes to teach people to set up and run coffin clubs around the country. We've got a lot of Scottish people interested. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's absolutely true. We are big mm. north of the border. Coffin Club itself, which was the Hastings um, organisation where I first came into contact with you, um, that must have been difficult, if nigh on impossible, to run during lockdown. So what are your plans or, or what's next for that? Well... Yes, we were mid-course and then COVID reared its ugly head and so we had to stop. Um, And then it's been an interesting journey because we've had over a year to really drill down and think about what we're doing with Coffin Club. Um, So we've 
really upped the kind of training aspect of it. But of course, our first love was Coffin Club Hastings. Um, and it is also our way of, it's going to sound really cringe, but it is our way of giving back to our community. Mm. Um, it's really important to us. Um, you know, we love Hastings, we love the people of Hastings, and um, yeah, we want to promote what Coffin Club has to offer here too. So in short, if everything goes according to plan in terms of opening up the country, um, we have penciled in for the autumn that we will run a Coffin Club Hastings. We're thinking of a slightly different format, aren't we? Mm. Um, yeah, rather than so we six used, weeks. Yeah, we used to do a six-week course, three hours a week on a Wednesday morning. Yeah. I can never get my Wednesdays and Thursdays right. Wednesday, well done. Thank you. Um, but now we think we'll do it over two days and then separate the coffin decorating workshop and do that on another day if anyone wants to do it because it's not compulsory. You don't have to decorate a coffin. Um, so yeah, we're really looking forward to you know doing that locally, but it's just it's not it's not something we'd want to do over Zoom. Our demographic tends to be older people who you know the social aspect is part of what makes it such a brilliant thing. So, and yeah. separating out separating out the coffin decoration because that quite often people thought that was kind of all Coffin Club was about. In actual yeah. fact, it was about so much more. Yeah. yeah, well, initially, I think we thought it was much more about the decoration of coffins, but as it's evolved, that's secondary. I mean, it's, it's mm. about educating and finding out about all the different choices. And then if you would like to decorate your own flat-packed coffin, then you can do so. Well, or someone else's, actually. Or someone else's, yeah. <laughs> Get them as a we've present. Got, yeah, yeah, we've got one. Lined up for you, Stuart. <laughs> yeah, got your name on it and everything. I dread to think what that was. Tartan, clearly. <laughs> so, yeah, so what's, what's been, despite the fact that we've been locked in, you've clearly not been twiddling your thumbs. No, no. we have not been idle. Ladies, as ever, it's been an absolute entertaining joy. So thanks for bringing us up to date. And I'm sure we'll um, get back together sometime soon for the next instalment. Oh, yes. I do hope so. Yes.